So I'm Kate, just for those who don't know, um, and I'm a classic scatterbrain and always forget something. And I'm wondering if someone can run to the fridge in the kitchen and grab me like a fresh bottle of water because I'm going to need it later. Anyone? I'm going to like name someone. There we go. Tanya, oh, brought it. Thank you very much. All right. So now we got that out of the way. Um, I'm going to tell you a story from when I was a kid because there are always the good kinds of stories. Um, my sister broke her ankle a whole bunch of times and her wrist. I used to be jealous that I'd never broken a bone, but I think it was because the whole, you know, cast and getting people to sign it thing always seemed pretty cool. Not the point of my story though. While we were at the hospital, um, I'd been like sick. I'd had a cold or something. Thank you, Tanya. Um, and the hospital recognized that something was not quite right with me. And so they like said to my mum, you know, what's going on with this kid? And it turned out that I was chronically dehydrated and I was admitted to hospital for about three days. I was put on a drip uh, and I wasn't allowed to drink water, only the drip. But I could never understand it. And I would always look back at it as an adult going, I don't get this because I was such an avid water drinker. I've always drank a lot of water. So why, how was it that I got so dehydrated that I ended up in hospital? Because we know that sometimes we can drink as much water, but if there's something else going on inside us, that water's not going to quite hit the spot or it's going to do other things. And I'm going to keep drinking water throughout the message today, and it is my main point of today's message to you, to drink some water. So many, many years ago, in the wilderness of a whole other land and a whole other time, there are big group of people that had just escaped slavery. You may have heard of them. And they were migrating through the lands to their new country, to what would be their new home, and they're moving from place to place. And at one point, there was no food, and they got hangry. You guys know hangry? Yeah, like hungry, that you're so hungry that you're angry. They got hangry, and they grumbled and complained to God, and he provided them food. And then they moved on to another place, and there was no water and they got thangry they i google i thought i was making up a word and i googled it it exists people already use it but they got thangry they were so thirsty that they got angry and they grumbled and complained to god and the nlt uh, writes it that they were tormented by thirst and you know what he provided them with some water now there's two types of thangry the first one is you know drink some water And the second one is around a spiritual kind of thangry. Now, some of you have probably heard the story of Jonah, you know, the guy in the whale belly, you know, got told to go to a city and tell them all to repent. And he reluctantly, reluctantly went and he basically gave them the message, turn from your ways or God will kill you. Uh, and they turned from their ways and God didn't kill them. And then Jonah got thangry, but the spiritual kind of thangry. See, he was not really fully hydrated in his soul. He wasn't really fully in love with God. And he was disappointed and angry that God showed compassion and mercy. And God was like, why are you so angry? And he's like, I knew that you would do this, God. I knew that you would be compassionate. You'd make me look like a fool. So I want to make sure that we don't end up so thirsty that we're grumbling for water or so thirsty that we're grumbling and angry at God because of his love and compassion. 
So I'm going to start off with a bit of a WebMD medical check, health check for us all. Is that okay? Now, I'm not a doctor by any way, shape or form. Um, Google is my source of this information. Uh, that's my big disclaimer. But let's, let's do a bit of a run through. And it's going to come up on the screen. First one is, are you thirsty? When was the last day that you drank a full two litres of water? I mean water, not like Coke or coffee. Now, you don't have to answer these out loud. You can if you want to for everyone's entertainment, but you don't have to. All right, next question. Do your eyes feel dry or scratchy? Now, I am so dehydrated this morning, even though I drank about five litres of water yesterday. So dehydrated that Jara made a comment about me partying last night because my eyes are so red. It is just dehydration. <laughs> I've had a cold this week, and I'll talk about that later. Are your eyes dry or scratchy? Maybe a bit red from lack of water. Uh, next question, my apologies in advance. Is your pee dark? You know when there's like not enough water in there and it's just really deep, dark yellow? All right, moving on. Next question, is your mouth dry or your throat sore? You know, interesting thing about having a teenager in the house is that they can grumble about something and you can say, get some water, and they're like, no, I'm good. Just get some water. No, no, I'm good. Get some water. Oh, wow, my throat feels better. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, is your mouth dry? Is your throat sore? Now, has your skin lost elasticity? You might know the test where you pinch a bit of your skin and if it bounces back quickly, then you're good, and if it kind of stays a bit wrinkly, then your skin might be a little bit dry. Now, you might have one or two of these for other reasons. Uh, two more questions on our dehydration checklist. Do you have a headache? And are you tired? These are the classic signs and symptoms of physical water dehydration, something that at different times in our life we've probably all come across, maybe when we've been sick or maybe for other reasons. So let's look at the other kind of thangri. Let's do the spiritual thangri checklist. Do you feel unsatisfied in life in general? Are you generally feeling like there's something more that you're hoping for or looking towards or that things don't quite bring you the same kind of joy that you once had? Or perhaps are you inwardly focused? Has it been a really long time since you've genuinely considered and thought of the needs of other people? Or are you really just struggling to get by each day with what you need? The third question, are you leaking toxins? Is what's coming out of you condensed waste? You know, the unhelpful words, attitude inappropriate comments, passive aggression, all of those kinds of things. Are you leaking toxins? Next question, are you irritated or more easily irritable than you have been? One of my most classic work mistakes came while I was sick and tired and overworked and made a very careless comment which led me to about a month of insomnia. I probably should have just gone home and got some rest and drank some water. But spiritual dehydration can lead us to be irritable. Next question, is your thinking rigid? 
Have we become like that dry sponge that doesn't really pick up much water? Or like that bit of clay that's being moulded and has lacked its moisture and it just kind of cracks at the smallest bit of pressure? Two more questions. Are you having any troubling thoughts? Fears, temptations, inappropriate things coming to mind, extra worries, extra anxiety? And last question, are you generally lacking motivation? Lack of energy, lack of conviction? Look, some of you here might be right, and you might be like, nope, I'm good. But maybe you can remember this from a different season of your life. Or maybe you can recognise it in a loved one or a friend. But do you need any water? Does anyone need to get up and go and get a drink of actual water? Does anyone need water that comes from God? Well, in case there's some yeses in the room, I want us to stop right now and just pray for a moment. So our Heavenly Father, our Lord, you who are full of love and life, I pray that right now you would give us your refreshing Holy Spirit, that we would feel your presence and know your love, that you would hydrate us, Lord, in our souls, that you would restore to us joy, that you would renew our spirit, Lord, we look to you for this, for the hydration of our soul. And pray, Lord, that today you would open our eyes to your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If sometimes we're dehydrated just because we haven't drunk enough water. You know, you might have had a really busy day or been running around playing tennis in the middle of the day and you, you literally just haven't stopped to drink. And this is quite similar with spiritual dehydration. Maybe life's just gotten really busy or chaotic for a while, or you've been just helping out just that little bit more, and you haven't really stopped to pray and spend time with God in a while, more than, you know, the routine stuff that we might still do. You know, when it's those two things, it's it's not really that big of a deal. It's pretty easy to get back on track. You just drink some water, or you set aside some time to stop and pray. But as I mentioned before, I drank five litres of water yesterday and still I'm thirsty. Something else is clearly going on. And this is what happens when we're physically sick, as well as when there's something that's not quite right within our soul, within our heart, within our mind. And often this can leave us feeling disillusioned because we're drinking water and not feeling satisfied. So we might be praying, we might be reading our Bible, we might be going to church, we might be singing all the worship songs, but we're not feeling satisfied, or we're not feeling that joy we once had. And it can lead us to feel disillusioned with God, with our faith, or with the church. So what we need to do is diagnose this underlying problem. Now, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to diagnose underlying problems of water dehydration. But I do want to talk us through how to start to understand and recognise what's underlying some of our spiritual dehydration. But first, confession. I like a good confession. When I was 21, I was in my first rental place, and my hot water broke in my shower in Dubbo in, like, autumn to winter weather, which is, you know, right now they're heating around the 7 degrees to zeros at night. Um, And do you know how long it took me to call the real estate to say, hey, can you come fix my hot water? It's about two months. I don't, I don't know why. And I was working 6 a.m. starts. 
I was having to wake up and have a cold shower every morning for like two months before I got around to calling the real estate. I think I was worried that I I was going to get in trouble or something or going to have to pay. Uh, So I just didn't make the call until I did and then I fixed it and then it was all good. And I'd like to say that was just my 21-year-old self, but I moved into a house a few years ago and the bulb in the toilet wasn't there. And when I was packing a year later to move out, I realised I hadn't replaced the bulb in a year. It was COVID year. I had a lot of time at home. I did not know why I didn't replace that bulb. I have no reason for that one. Um, laziness, stubbornness, busyness. I, these are the things that happen in our life. Why is it that when there's something that's going wrong, we tend to just suffer through it? We often don't really get to what's going on. We just keep going and going and think, well, this is what life is like. And, well, the result is the same, whether it's water or whether it's our soul. We're left with spiritual or we're left with dehydration. When it's spiritual dehydration, this can lead us to feeling unsatisfied in life, becoming inward-focused, becoming negative and critical, becoming irritated and angry, having a rigid mindset and troubling thoughts, and lacking motivation, lacking conviction. And many of us will still go through the motions while these things are going on. We'll still read our Bible, still come to church, but just slowly withering and fading away, perhaps from our relationship with God and perhaps from our relationship with others. But let's not go down this path, right? I don't, I don't want this for me. I don't want it for any of you. So let's do something about it. So I was researching, as you do while looking at other people's research, and there is a research journal called Pastoral Psychology, which published a paper in 2020 uh, about this very topic. And it was a small group of people that they researched, but it was 30 individuals, men and women of a variety of ages and backgrounds, who were all working in ministry. And they were interviewed, and they came up with, from these interviews, five causes, what they call causes, of spiritual dehydration. So I'm just going to have a quick look at these five things now. So the first one is a loss of relationship with God. Now, this can happen when our faith struggles. Maybe it's from a theological battle. Maybe it's because of things in the Bible we don't understand. Maybe it's because our expectations with who God is hasn't been met or we're angry at God for something that's happened in the world around us or in our life. And so that relationship starts to become distant. And then the more distant that relationship is, the more spiritually dehydrated we become. The next one is a loss of direction, a loss of a sense of future or goals. And maybe this has happened for some people because, again, their expectations weren't met or they were hoping for some big, grand, amazing thing in life and life just kind of stayed the same or mediocre or they didn't hit those goals that they were hoping for. Maybe, maybe for some people they felt like a failure because they didn't hit what they wanted to by a certain point in time and to think, well, what's the, what's the point? Because sometimes when we feel a loss of direction, then we're unable to fully nourish and nurture our soul. The next one is a loss of depth. Now, this can happen in a variety of ways and a variety of reasons, but one of my easiest examples is when you move to a new place, to a new church, to a new town, and I've, I've moved a lot in the course of my life, for many reasons, mostly work. 
And let me tell you, one of the hardest things about moving is a loss of depth in relationships because it takes time to build new friendships. So when you come to a new church, we're sometimes craving what we had at our past church or at our past town. But it takes time to get there. And during that time before we get there, we feel this loss of depth and can start to disconnect. But maybe this loss of depth comes from other things. Maybe we're not quite ready to face what's going on underneath, so we stay on the surface. Maybe, you know, that question, hey, how are you going? We don't really want to answer honestly because we're worried about what the other person might think. So we say, hey, I'm good, thanks, how are you? And we don't really go that little bit deeper. Maybe we're worried about being judged, so we don't really share what's going on. And so we stay sitting on the surface, which again stops our souls from being nourished. The next one is difficulties with the faith community. Now, I don't really need to explain this one. (laughs) I'm sure we've all been there. Within our church communities, we have a variety of wonderful people, all of us, wonderful. All of us are a little bit weird in our own ways. (laughs) And all of us have our annoying moments or that comment we accidentally say. And it's very easy for conflicts to arise within our faith community. And, And sometimes a trigger point is hit, something that is significantly important to one person but not so to another and, and we disconnect. Now, my story in my childhood growing up in church was not a positive one. It was quite a negative experience. And I walked away from my faith in my teen years to become quite angry and dis- in disdain of all things religion and church and people of faith because my experience had been so negative of people within the church. And it was only through this realisation in my mid-20s of who God is as being separate to the characters of us fallen people, that I was able to reconnect with God rather than feeling like the people was the perfect example of God because we're not. Uh, But it's so easy for those hurts and frustrations to lead us to walk away, to step away, to distance ourselves, to just hold back a little bit more, which, of course, leads to spiritual dehydration. And the last one is the intrinsic factors. Now, this could be things like depression, burnout, stress, illness, other factors in our life that can consume us and get in the way of being spiritually fed. Some of this might ring true for you. Some of it might ring really true, and maybe it hurts a little bit. Going deeper into these things might seem frightening, And it can hurt sometimes to admit or acknowledge the pains or our reactions to things or to recognise when we've stepped away because we just couldn't deal. But like a good COVID test, if it doesn't go in fully deep and hit a nerve and make you want to cry, then we're not really going to find out what's going on. Now, there's some stock standard solutions when you have a cold. What's one of the first things people say to you when you say you're sick? drink some water (laughs) so same thing applies when we are spiritually dehydrated the first thing to do is drink some water it's not going to hurt spend time with God rest eat healthy pray for other people talk about it with a trusted person now there's other things on this list could be worship spending time in nature there are many things that we can do that are going to help hydrate our soul. But at the end of the day, if there are these underlying things going on that we're not addressing, then we're just going to keep feeling thirsty. 
There's a story when Jesus meets a lady at a well. It's the middle of the day. She's alone. She's not really, you know, a very popular person in her community. And Jesus has a conversation with her. And he names two underlying, underlying causes for her pain and frustration in life. One being her theology and the other one being the circumstances of her life. Her belief was that God needed to be worshipped either in Jerusalem, as the Jews believed, or on the top of a mountain, as the Sumerians believe. Uh, but Jesus set her theology straight. He corrected that lie and told her that the time is coming when you won't need to be here or there to worship, but that today she could experience the living water, that she could have access to God wherever she is. And so by undoing that lie that she believed, she was able to then connect with God and experience the living water so that she would no longer have that same kind of thirst. So this is where this water bottle comes in. This is a prize, by the way, because, you know, drink some water, so it makes sense to have it as a prize. I'm going to say, quote, if you can name the movie, if you're the first person to name the movie, then you get this bottle of water. If nobody names the movie, then I'll probably drink it by the end of the sermon as well. All right, you ready? Powerade makes things grow. Oh, there we go. Congratulations. Happy drinking water. (laughs) Uh, Now, it's an MA movie. I'm not going to recommend it, particularly for young people in the room. I watched it many, many years ago. I got Maya Rudolph and Terry Crews. Anyway, it's a good movie, but, you know, don't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you the story of the movie, then you won't have to watch it. The summary of it. Basically, it's a dystopian movie where the intelligence of the whole of the globe has dropped so significantly that people are just really, really, really dumb and susceptible. And a marketing campaign by Powerade started to tell everyone Powerade makes things grow. This was their ad slogan Powerade makes things grow. And it became basically this held onto steadfast belief of the whole society that Powerade makes things grow. So sure, drink your water, to, drink your Powerade to hydrate yourself after sport, sure enough. But guess what they started watering all their crops and the farms with? Powerade. Um, and you know what happens when you put sugar and salt into soils? Well, the water doesn't really get absorbed. But yet Powerade makes things grow. So they kept putting more Powerade on the soil. And the, and the Plants were dying, the starvation was imminent, and it it was a really big mess. So Powerade, it has two two metaphors for Powerade in this. The first one is that Powerade are the lies that we have believed and that we've held on to and that are causing us harm. The second part of the metaphor is that the Powerade is like the poor substitutes. It's like when your orthodontist tells you when you're 10 to drink Diet Coke instead of real Coke, because, like, it's better for your teeth, but then you find out that the, like, sucralose in Diet Coke's, like, breaking down your DNA and making you sick and going to cause cancer. Uh, it's the substitute that is actually doing just as much harm as the bad thing would have been doing anyway, but we think it's a healthier option. We think it's healthy, so we keep taking it. We think Powerade's going to make things grow, so we keep pouring on Powerade. And we keep believing this lie, and we keep taking this substitute. And this is very, very true of our spiritual world and our faith as well. First question, if I, it's 
kind of side note, kind of related. If I was to offer you a banana or a twirl, which who, who would take a banana? Who would take a twirl? Banana, twirl, yeah. Look, if, if sugar didn't cause me so much pain, I'd totally take the twirl. <laughs> Even though we know the banana's healthier, right? We still, we still take the twirl. All right, let me, let me give you an example of this in a faith context. So each of you here come to church, and we believe that coming to church is an important part of our faith. It's how we learn, how we connect with others. It's a, it's a great way to connect with God. Uh, but for some people, they had been taught and believe that going to church is essentially salvation. And so they go to church every Sunday, and they don't really do much else, and they're like, yeah, I'm good. Um, there may not be much Jesus in their life. They may not really even know much about Jesus. Um, but they go to church every Sunday. Now, this became really evident during COVID when Sunday church services stopped. And a lot of people felt this sense of a loss of their faith. But what they'd actually lost was the church, which was actually like their God. Uh, and so it's this lie that has kind of this good idea, go to church every week, grow your faith. But it becomes this unhelpful lie that going to church every week is what makes you a Christian, which we all know isn't actually the case. Or another example um, is life should be fair. Or if I'm a Christian, life should go well. Things should go well for me because I believe in God. Uh, now, some people pray for a parking spot and they get it. Some people pray for a job and they get it. Some people pray for a house and they get it. Well, I'm the kind of person that gets a car spot at the back of the car park and then realizes I left my keys in the shop that I was in and then have to go all the way back to the car, or back to the shop to get my keys and then back to the car, only to find out that I left my lights on. True story, by the way. Uh, and, and then at the same time, like, you know, have this really important meeting that I've just completely missed. I'm not a classically lucky person. But the problem was, is that then when I became a Christian and was hearing all these stories about praying for a parking spot, I felt that something must be wrong with me. Like, these people are being blessed. I'm hearing these great stories of God's provision in their life. And I was just like, but but God, like, I I believe, I'm following, I'm, I'm, you know, my mind, I'm doing everything right. So do, do you not love me as much, was kind of the thought. And it started to create a bit of a disillusionment in my faith. See, this is the problem when we cling tight to a lie, to something we were taught, maybe with good intention, but it becomes distorted and it can lead us. It's kind of like this thing that sucks the spiritual water out of our heart. So let's talk about the substitute principle of Powerade. Jesus tells a parable of the good and bad trees. And he says... Speaking of prophets, by their fruit you will recognize them. That a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. Um, so what is this fruit? Now, is it worldly success? Because this can be a trap. If we believe that good fruit is a massive congregation full of people and, you know, like big fame and fortune, then we might be trapped into thinking that then they're you know, more faithful than, than a church that might be smaller in size or, or not quite with the same fame. So what is the fruit that we're looking for? Let me make it really simple, quick. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, self-sacrificing love and concern for one another. 
This is the good fruit. This is what comes out of a spiritually hydrated life, out of a spiritually hydrated church. So when you're choosing what you put into your life, what is it going to produce? Are you going to produce these things out of your life? Is it going to bring the love and the joy, the peace? It's like the new and the old wineskins. Another great Jesus story. The old wineskins burst open with the new wine because there's just not enough hydration to withstand the pressure of change. We need God's hydration in our life and we need to resolve those underlying lies and we need to remove the substitutes out of our life and go straight to the truth. Sometimes we need a washing over of our desires, of our fears, of our hopes, our dreams. If our desires are coming from things such as our pride, our envy, lust, sloth, rage, greed and foolishness, then we need a washing and rebirth, the Holy Spirit in our life. We need to name it, be humble enough to recognise it, be self-aware enough to know that we need to keep learning. This is one of the beautiful things about baptism. Is it while it's this sign, it's gesture, it's symbolic, but it's meaningful and it's it's a very real transaction that goes on. But it is this washing over of those old things that we might be given new life in Jesus Christ. Now we're not babies in the room. I mean, there's a couple of babies in the room, I think. Um, but the rest of us, we can go and get our own water, right? We can go and get the cup, fill it up, have a good drink. Jesus will lead us to the water. He provides the Holy Spirit to guide us, to convict us. We just got to pick up the cup, pick up the Bible, turn on the tap, open the pages, and drink up. So I want us to pray. To pray about everything, in all seasons, with all kinds of prayers and requests. To read, to ask God to reveal to you the truths that you need to see today and to ask God to reveal to you the lies that you are still believing or holding on to to show you any poor substitutes in your life and the metaphorical blood test this one's for the truly brave ask a friend if there's some signs of dehydration in your life because your friends might maybe might know or see it a bit more clearly than we can it's a really hard question to ask, and the hardest part of that is to like not get defensive when they go, well, actually. But to allow ourselves to be humble enough to hear and listen to what they have to say. But our ultimate solution is the living water, the spring of life that is given within each of us to keep that connection going. So I want us to finish up today with a prayer, and we're going to pray it together. It's from Psalm 42. And we're going to pray out loud, if that's okay. Now, you don't have to, because, you know, free will and all. But I just want us to take a moment to pray this prayer together. There's 11 verses, and it finishes up with our final solution, with what we need the most to rehydrate our souls. So let us read together. As a deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. 
When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshippers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Saviour and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you, even from far away. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones and they scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Saviour and my God. Amen.